Just as the melodeon came in. Damn it. You'll have to listen right through to the end of the programme to hear that properly. Mm. That was English dance music at its very best. Slow banger. Imagined village remix from the Orchestra Supermoth album, The World at Sixes and Sevens. And I will play the whole of that track at the end of the show. Just thought it was a nice way to start off. Polly Bolton has got a new single out. She's one of the finest mandolin players on the planet, as well as working with bands like the Magpies. She's a very, very talented lady. She's started a number of solo projects, which include the single I'm going to play for you now. It's called Antigonish. Antigonish is the name of the American town that gave birth to the old nursery rhyme, The Man Who Wasn't There. Well, actually, it's a poem, not a nursery rhyme. The Man Who Wasn't There. And it's about, apparently the poem is about a ghost that haunted the whole town. But actually the song digs in much deeper than that. At times it sounds to me a little bit like Bob Dylan's subterranean homesick blues. But I love it. Let's see what you think. Polly Bolton with Antigonish.
single Antigonish and you'll find a link through to her website on ours www.myhardingfolkshow.com there'll be links to everybody on the show coming up in the show an interview with Martin Simpson about his fantastic new album recorded in their house called Home Recordings and this a new album from Merry Hell everything they do I found utterly entrancing their new album is called Emergency Lullabies and this is anything but a lullaby strange song in a way for a band that come from Wigan the heart of the Lancashire coalfield but they are people who fight for the right and for the good this is called Leave It in the Ground
this town. Great stuff. That was Merry Hell from their new album, Emergency Lullabies, with Leave It in the Ground. There'll be another track from that cracking new album later on in the show. Now, Philip Henry and Hannah Martin, otherwise known as Edgelarks, have got a beautiful new album out called Henry Martin, the title of one of the songs on the album. It's chock full of delicate treatments of some of the most beautiful ballads, including this lovely version of the traditional song Greenwood Laddie. If you had seen my dearest And his eyes, they shine the clearest His cheeks like a red blood That's new dropped in snow He is lean, tall and slender His hands soft and tender He'll be my greenwood laddie Wherever he goes My parents, my darling Because you have no riches wrapped up in store But the more that they slight you The more I'll invite you to be my greenwood laddie Till time is no more For if I had the wealth of East or West Indies Or if I had the gold of the Africa Sure, or if I could gain thousands, I'd lie on your bosom. You'd be my greenwood laddie, whom I'll always
Edgelarks there from their new album, Henry Martin, with the traditional Irish ballad Greenwood Laddie, collected by Peter Kennedy, I believe, in England, but the original version comes from Ireland, also occurs on a number of broadside ballads as well. Now, I'm going to be self-indulgent now and tell you a little bit of a story. I love it when I find little, little nuggets of information, which I always say you can win prizes in pub quizzes with, but not many people know the story I'm going to tell you now. That wonderful song, Walsing Matilda, which I think should be the national anthem of Australia, was written by a man called Banjo Patterson, great bush poet and songwriter. He came originally from Scotland. His whole family emigrated there from a place called Loch Lyach. I know this because, as a trout fisherman, I've travelled a lot in Scotland and I'm very interested in the lochs of Scotland. Their family farm, Loch Lioch Farm, was the birthplace of the Clydesdale horse. And one of his father's favourite horses was called Banjo. Hence the name. Banjo Patterson. And hence the song, Welsing Matilda. Well, I think that's interesting. Once a jolly swagman can buy a billabong Under the shade of a coolabar tree And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy boiled You'll come a-waltzing Matilda with me Down came a jumbuck to drink at the billabong I've got the swaggy and grabbed him with glee and he sang as he stowed that yumbuck in his tucker bag. You'll come a waltzing Matilda. Sing it now. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda. You'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. And he sang as he stowed that yumbuck in his tucker bag. You'll come a waltzing Matilda. Okay, I want to hear the blokes by themselves, you know the routine. Next chorus. Make sure the girls go home feeling proud of you, okay? Here we go. Down came the squatter, mounted on his thoroughbred. Up came the troopers, one, two. Who's the jolly jumbuck you got in your tucker bag? You come all waltzing, but blokes only now, here we go. Waltz. Who's the jolly jumbuck? Who's the jumbuck? Give them a round of applause, girls. That was proud. Okay, girls, next chorus is your chance to turn us blokes on. Give us goosebumps. After this verse, I've got the swaggy. And jumped into the billabong You'll never catch me Alive, said he And his ghost may be heard As you pass by the billabong You'll come a-waltzing But till girls only now And his ghost And his ghost 
Give him a round of applause, fellas. That was fantastic. All together now. Waltzing Matilda. John Williamson from his album John Williamson in Symphony with what I really believe should be Australia's national anthem. Walsing Matilda, written by a bloke named after his dad's horse. I think that's good. Now, more and more lady banjo players seem to be appearing on the Irish traditional scene. I've always seen the banjo, wrongly, of course, as a bit of a butch macho instrument. But like with women pipers, the banjo has a different feel in the hands of a woman musician. More subtle, I think. Understated, but deeply, deeply rooted. Think of great players like Angelina Carberry, Angela Usher, Karen Dolan, and this girl, Teresa O'Grady. She's a most amazing player, and she's recorded a great album. You can get it from Bandcamp. And it's got some great tunes on it, like this set. The Stack of Barley and Cronins, two classic hornpipes, played absolutely beautifully here. Thank you. 
cracking playing. Trees O'Grady with two hornpipes, Cronin's and the stack of barley. Just wish I could play a tenth as good as that. Available on Bandcamp. Links you will find on our website. Three W's, MikeHardingFolkShow.com Now, I'm going to read this off my phone because I copied these notes down and I don't want to mess them up. Two songs back to back now. Pete Seeger with I Come and Stand at Every Door and then another track from the album of Seeger's songs I've been playing quite a bit recently, the Cronus Quartet and Friends celebrating the music of Pete Seeger. The album's called Long Time Passing. So I'm going to play you Pete Seeger singing I Come and Stand at Every Door followed by the Cronus Quartet with Afa O'Donovan singing Kisses Sweeter Than Wine. But two very quick stories about the songs I Come and Stand at Every Door, sometimes called The Child of Hiroshima, was written by a Turkish poet called Nazim Hikmet, and a lady called Jeanette Turner picked up the song and wrote English words to it and sent it to Pete Seeger. The tune is The Silky of Sulskeri, a traditional Scots ballad about a seal that becomes a man and comes on land and marries a human woman. The second song, Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, would you believe it, Leadbelly, that great singer who gave us so many great songs, heard a guy called Sam Henry singing in Greenwich Village, a traditional Irish song called Drimmin' Down, which is about a farmer and his dead cow. Well, Leadbelly liked the tune and he had adopted it for his own song about a cow, which he called If It Wasn't For Dickie, which he'd recorded in 1937. Well, Pete Seeger liked the song, and he took it to the Weavers. They wrote new verses for it, and also tickled the tune a little bit, and recorded it in 1951, in June, in New York City. And it became a hit, which they called Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, and not If It Wasn't For Dickie, or the song about the white cow. But first of all, a beautiful translation of the Turkish poem set to music by Pete Seeger and is one of the greatest anti-war songs of all time. I come and stand at every door. I come and stand at every door But none can hear my Silent tread, I knock and yet remain unseen, for I am dead, for I am dead. I'm only seven, although I died in. Thing for myself 
fight today You fight today So that the children of this world May live and grow And laugh and play When I was a young man and never been kissed I got to thinking over what I had missed Got me a girl and I kissed her and then Oh Lord, I kissed her again Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, the lead vocals of Aoife O'Donovan, and that's from the album Long Time Passing, Cronus Quartet and Friends Celebrate Pete Seeger. And before that, you heard the great Pete Seeger himself from the album Live in 65, with a song sometimes called The Hiroshima Child or The Child of Hiroshima, but as it is more commonly known, 
I come and stand at every door. Do check out the lyrics to that because they are wonderful. You'll find them online. Now, I've been talking too much and a lot of it has been fairly jumbled. So, no more. Made by the Shore is a track from Rachel Newton's new album, To the Awe, A-W-E. I love this album. It's beautiful in every sense of the word. Understated and again, it goes right down into the bedrock of the roots of the music. And it's grown on me more and more. Rachel Newton with Made by the Shore. There was a fair maid who left by the shore Let the wind blow higher, blow low No one could she find to comfort her mind As she sang all alone on the shore As she sang all alone on the shore She sang all the seamen 
is full of really, really great stuff like that. Made by the Shore, Rachel Newton. The album is called To The Or, A-W-E. Now, Andy Irvine, of course, many of you will know, who has worked with Planksty and Patrick Street and Mosaic, as well as being a great solo performer and songwriter and interpreter, in particular of the songs of Woody Guthrie. He's got a new album out, it's Old Dog Long Road Volume 2. Regular listeners to this show will know that I've been playing stuff from the first volume of Old Dog's Long Road. But to explain, basically, what Andy's done, very sensibly he's crawled under the bed, found that old suitcase with seven-inch spools of tape and mini-discs and whatever else, and has gone into the studio and remastered them, in this case again as a double CD set. Great stuff. It's got everything from home recordings to studio recordings that were never released. In September 2015, the band Mosaic, which Andy formed, recorded their third album. And this is one of the outtakes from it that didn't make the final cut. It's a wonderful song called The Snows. And it illustrates Andy's deep love of Middle Eastern folk music. This is, I think, beautiful. But let's see what you think this is. Mosaic with the snows.
someday I'm going to get Andy Irvine in the studio and I'm going to ask him all about his trips through Bulgaria and Hungary and everywhere else he went during the course of his youthful travels. When I'm not sure if it was him or Donald Lunny who picked up the very first bazooki, Greek bazooki, and brought it back into Ireland and started, I suppose you could call it a revolution, in accompanying Irish traditional music. That track was called The Snows, and it comes from Andy Irvine's new album, Old Dog, Long Road, Volume 2. Now, I've been meaning to play this next track for a long, long time. It's called Ira Hayes. And Ira Hayes, well, very briefly, you'll all have seen the picture of the American Marines putting up the American flag, Old Glory, at Iwo Jima, towards the end of the Second World War. It's become an iconic picture, of course, over the years. But what not many people know is that one of the men who planted that flag and raised it was a man called Ira Hayes, a Native American who ended his life tragically as an alcoholic. And this song, written by Peter Lafarge, tells his story. Loads of people have covered this, including Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. But I think this version by Towns Van Zant is one of the finest ever. Well, come gather round me, people. A story I'd like to tell about a brave young Indian that you should remember well. From a tribe of Pima Indians, a proud and noble band that farmed the Phoenix Valley down in Arizona land. Down the ditches for 10,000 years The sparkling waters rush And a white man stole the water rights And all the running waters hushed Now ours folks go hungry Their farms grow crops of weeds But when war came, our volunteer Forgot the white man's greed Call him drunken Ira Hayes He won't answer anymore Not the whiskey-drinking Indian The Marine that went to war Well, they battled up Iwo Jima Hill 250 men And only 27 lived to walk back down again when that fight was over And when old glory raised Among the men that held her high Was the Indian Ira Hayes Call him drunken Ira Hayes He won't answer anymore Not to whiskey-drinking Indian The Marine that went to Lyra came back a hero He was celebrated throughout the land He was whined and speeched and honored Everybody shook his hand But he was just a Pima Indian He had no money, no home, no chance In Arizona no one cared what Ira had done Cause when did the Indians dance? So Ira started drinking hard 
jail was often his home. He let him raise the flag and lower it like he'd throw a dog a bone. Well, he died drunk early one morning, all alone in this land he'd fought to save. Two inches of water in a lonesome ditch was a grave for Ira Hayes. Call him drunken Ira Hayes. He won't answer anymore. Not the whiskey-drinking Indian, the Marine that went to war. Yeah, call him drunken Ira Hayes. But his land is still as dry. His ghost is lying thirsty inside the ditch where Ira died. Towns Van Zant with the story of Ira Hayes, one of the six Marines that raised the flag on the mountaintop at the Battle of Iwo Jima. And he's commemorated in that song and on the statue, the memorial that was erected to all six Marines. Now, the next song I'm going to play for you is, for my money, one of the most beautiful songs in the Irish traditional canon. The tune is one that I've been learning recently on the mandolin, just trying to work out an arrangement for it. I've known it since I was a child. My grandmother used to sing most of this song. She didn't know it all, and my mother sang it as well. It's called My Lagan Love. It was a poem originally written by Joseph Campbell, Northern Irish poet, which was later set to a traditional air. The Lagan River, as many of you will know, runs south of Belfast. Some of you might remember that Richard Farina set his own beautiful song, The Quiet Joys of Brotherhood, to this air. Sandy Denny recorded it in 1972. Well, this is Neve Parsons from her album heart's desire singing it unaccompanied and i don't think anybody's done it better well i can stream sing lullaby there flows a lily fair the twilight gleam is in her and the night is on her head And like a lovesick London she She hath my heart enthroned Nor life I own, nor liberty for love is Lord of all. And often when the beetle's hath lulled the eve to sleep, I steal unto her shielding lord. And through the door in There in the cricket singing stone 
She stars the bog wood fire and homes in sad sweet undertone the song of heart's desire her welcome like her love for me is from the heart within her warm kiss is felicity that knows no taint or sin when she was only fairly small our gentle mother died but true love keeps our memory warm my lagon silver One of the great voices of the Irish traditional music scene there, Neve Parsons, from her album Heart's Desire with My Lag and Love. Chillingly beautiful. Now, I'm going to say very little about the next track because I've talked too much as it is. Berlin Between the Wars comes from an album called Hidden Gems, Chapter 2, and it's by Captain of the Lost Waves. And if you go to our website, 3 com, you'll find out all about it. I think it's brilliant. Let's see what you think. Enlightened intention 
Sonic increased the map that nobody shown and it's like Well, I don't know whether it's just me that I've been locked down for too long or what, but I just love that. So many different things. I don't know if you saw that wonderful series on TV recently, Berlin Babylon or Babylon Berlin, I can't remember, about the degeneracy of the Weimar years and Berlin being such an exciting place. Anyway, I love that track and I'm going to play some more of Captain of the Lost Waves. 
in future programmes. Talking about lockdown, it brings me to the interview I conducted recently with young Martin Simpson. We did it down the line. It was quite funny, actually, very briefly I'll explain that obviously you can't get CD quality sound down a phone line unless you have an ISDN unit, and I don't have one of those anymore, and Martin doesn't have one in his house either. But we did it via FaceTime using a wonderful piece of software called Audio Hijack, which means you can record a two-way conversation on FaceTime, Zoom or anything else, and it's not bad. It's a high-end MP3. Now I'll stop talking techno-rubbish. Basically, Martin and I just sat there, and the nice thing was that with FaceTime, you can actually see each other rather than just using audio. Anyway, we chatted for a time and talked about his new album, Home Recordings, and played, in fact, four tracks, which I'm going to play for you now. But before we start, I want to say that this is the first time I've ever dedicated a piece of music to a dog, as far as I can remember, anyway. So, if Michelle Holding's dog, Delia, is listening... This track is especially for you. Delia was a gambler, she gambled all around. Delia, gambling girl, she laid her money down. All the friends I ever had. Friends I ever had are gone 
but not as I know it. Where's Delia's gone? One more time, Delia's gone. Gone, Martin. There you go. The interesting thing about that is that um, Delia's gone is actually about the same person um, who was, I think she was 15 years old and she was, I can't remember her name apart from Delia. She was shot in, in 1900. And one of those tragic stories which immediately results in a song which then becomes another song which becomes another song. Yeah. And yeah. that version, I heard Stefan Grossman play that at Scunthorpe Folk Club when I was 15 and it was beautiful. You've been really, really creative during this lockdown period. You've done a lot. I mean, you started, as you said, relearning claw hammer techniques and banjo techniques. It must have been a blow nonetheless when you got back from, was it Denmark you were working in? You got home and all of a sudden we were all locked down. Well, it was, I got back from Denmark, which was a joy. And then I had a few days off and then I did um, three really lovely, lovely English gigs. And then it just went <laughs> done, you know. And to start with, um, I was absolutely fine to start with. I mean, I actually was, I'd had a big meeting with, with Kit and with the record company and the PR people and, and Alan Behrman, my agent. We'd all sat around in February and talked about a kind of strategy to get me off the road a bit so I could do fewer better gigs and so being off the road to start with it it felt it felt good um but then <laughs> rapidly the reality hit that no this wasn't just for a bit this was something which was going on for a while and the not knowing was really scary and the other thing that became really difficult was the fact that i've been doing this you know well since I was a little kid, and that I get, I get informed of who I am when I stand on a stage and present the work that I've done to people, and they come back and they appreciate it. Yeah, it's you what know. you do. You're an artist. You know that that's your life. You, you know, I always try and explain to people. It's that wonderful shaker hymn. How can I keep from singing? Ah, oh, amen. You know, we'd be doing this if we didn't get paid for it. You know, but the fact that. Both you and I have devoted our lives to being on the road, but I know it's come as a blow to a lot of friends of, of mine on the road, you know, that just have not been out. Yeah, strange times. But what I'd like to do now is to play another track from the new album, Home Recordings, which, by the way, I think is absolutely wonderful. And this is a tribute to a guy that both of us revere greatly, Mike Watterson. Well, it is absolutely a tribute. To Mike Watson. Uh, people, when people say to me, um, "What's your favourite? What's your favourite performance of a folk song?" Um, it would be always Mike Watson singing Tam Lin, which mm. I just, I just think it's up there with the best films and Shakespeare. It's outrageous. But the great thing about Mike was not only could he deliver a huge story like that, but he could write a tiny gem of a song. Yeah. And he wrote this three day millionaire about the fishing trade in Hull. And I just think it's, I think it's a genius piece yeah. of work. For people who don't know, listening, Mike was one of the Watersons family group. They were the movers and shakers of the second wave of the folk revival in the late sixties and early seventies and beyond. And he also, of course, was a great writer. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just wonderful. And I mean, they they lived quite near to me. They were in Hull, so so leaping quickly from the song Three Day Millionaire to the story about mm -hmm. the banjo. Uh, I went to see the Watersons when they all lived on the same street in Hull when I, I was probably nineteen or something. Yeah. And uh, I just felt so honoured to be there. And in the corner of the room was this old fretless banjo. And uh, I, I mean, I am such a hound for a banjo. I can't help myself. So I, I deeply, <laughs> deeply wanted this banjo, you know. And many, many years passed. I went to live in the States. I came back and I hadn't seen Mike literally probably in 30 years. And I said to him, you know, how nice it was to see him. And we talked. I said, Mike, whatever happened to that banjo that was in your house in Hull? And he said, it's in my shed. And I said, what's it doing in the shed, Mike? And he said, to be honest, it's probably rotting by now. And I went, oh, come on. And he said, well, I tell you what, I'll give it to you if you get it fixed. So um, my mate Terry uh, went and got it and he brought it down to me. And it was in an old, beautiful old case. But the case was molded to bits it was falling to pieces took the banjo out and it was obviously in a bad way but i gave it to my friend barry murphy down in sussex and barry brought it back to life and i got it back and i sat and i played it and the very first phrase that i played on it was that the opening phrase of the tune you're about to hear and i realized that the rhythm of it was dat ba da 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 ba da 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 which is don't put your banjo in the shed mr waterson <laughs> and uh, <laughs> A little allusion to Mrs. Worthington there. But uh, so I, I wrote the tune and during lockdown, I wrote it as a claw hammer piece, you know, but during lockdown, I put my finger picks on and I thought, I wonder if I can actually play this like three finger style. And so that's what I did. a decky learning it's the bonus i'll be earning and the money comes in handy for the old rantan brill cream in me hair three-day millionaire i couldn't give a bugger i'm a man and i shall have myself a suit made to show i'm in the fishing trade put me brothel creepers on and slander when i can all me pots are pint size, watch me getting paralysed to show the other buggers who's a man. And when I get to Skipper, I'll get married, have a nipper, and I'll take the lad to sea with me and I'll teach him all I can. I'll be a proper sort of fella, have an house out in Kakella, and I'll show the bleeding neighbours who's a man. sort of fellow, have a house out in Kirkello and I'll show the bleeding neighbours who's a man.
three-day millionaire and don't put your banjo in the shed, Mr. Waterson. The first song written by Mike Waterson and the second written by Martin Simpson. And that track is on his new album, Home Recordings. Martin, you mentioned Mike Waterson singing Tam Lin there, one of the big ballads, the muckle sangs, the, the great songs. And that, for both of us, I think has been the bedrock of the folk revival, the great story songs, which are hundreds and hundreds of years old. And on your album, you've done a fabulous version of The Demon Lover or The House Carpenter about a married woman who goes off with her lover not knowing that he is, in fact, the devil. Yeah. Uh, one of my absolute heroines, heroes and gods is Hedy West. Yeah. And Hedy's certainly one of the reasons that, that House Carpenter, to me, is just... I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I've never not loved the song you know mm. seems like as long as i've been listening to music there it's been and the story is incredible and again i've recorded this as a claw hammer piece but i wanted the fluidity on the banjo that i hear yeah. when i hear the best three finger players so so i uh, i had another go the, the the verse that always strikes me and it must be the one that strikes pretty much everybody is when the demon lover just becomes gigantic. Yeah. And his the, the mast is only up to his knee and he, he destroys the ship. And that wonderful yeah. line about those are the hills of heaven, my love, well, not for you and no. But not for you. Or, uh, no. Let's hear the song. It's wonderful. And this is a great version. She's picked up her own 
wee babe Kisses has given him three Saying stay right here with my house carpenter Keep him good company And then she's put on her rich attire So glorious to behold And as they trod their way along She shone like the glittering gold And as they come down and through that town A beautiful ship she did see And the masts were trimmed with beaten gold The spars of ivory And she has stepped on board that ship With the flowing of the tide And as they pass the harbour bar Not a sailor has she espied And they had not sailed a league and a league And I'm sure it was not three She espied his cloven foot And she wept most bitterly Why do you weep, my own true love? Do you weep for your golden stone? Or do you weep for your house carpenter That you'll never see anymore? Well, I do not weep for my house carpenter Yet for any golden store I do weep for my own wee babe That I'll never see anymore And what hills, what hills are those, my love The hills so fair and high Those are the hills of heaven, my love But they're not for you My love, the hills so dark and low. Those are the hills of hell, my love, where you and I must go. And he's taken the foremast all in his hand, the mainmast by his knee. And he broke the ship into two clean halves and sank her to the bottom of the sea. Carpenter there from Martin Simpson's new album, Home Recordings. You lived in New Orleans for a long while, and this has always fascinated me. I remember you telling me about a shotgun house you lived in. What is a shotgun house? I lived in a double shotgun on Bourbon Street when I moved to New Orleans. And a shotgun house is, is a long house where basically it's not very wide, but it's very long, and one room leads into the next, into the next, into the next, mm -hmm. into the next. And they've got thin wooden walls. Mm -hmm. So basically they say if you fired a shotgun from the front room, it would go straight down and out the back of the house through the walls. <laughs> but nobody fired one at you while you were there. No, nobody fired at me while no. I was there. I, I spent a lot of happy times in, in New Orleans before the 
terrible floods, the hurricane. And it was a great city for all kinds of music and all kinds of people. It was a real melting pot. You know, you'd see jazz at Preservation Hall, you'd you know, Cajun Zydeco music, some guy busking, blues, whatever, singer-songwriter stuff. It was all there. The thing about New Orleans that absolutely struck me when I moved there is I had this vision of it as being, you know, French or Spanish maybe. Then you get there and you realise it's actually massively Irish. Huge number of Irish people. The Irish people built the levees that, that stop New Orleans from flooding. And I, I asked a, a local historian, I said, look, I know this is a really, really bizarre question, but I don't understand the, 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 the economy of this. I said, why is it that the Irish were used to, to do all that work? And the guy, he hung his head slightly and he said, well, we had slaves, but slaves were worth money. Uh, and what a grim response that is when you think about it. And 10,000 of them died in the construction of those levees. There's just a little Celtic cross as a memorial in the middle of one of the roads uptown. And that's it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is it's an, a, a city full of surprises and, of course, full of madness. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts is right. Um, but one of the most wonderful places on the planet, or it certainly was. What I'd like you to do now, Martin, if you don't mind, is just talk us into the last track we're going to play, which for me just has that wonderful feel of the French Quarter and the eccentric characters you find there. And it's called An Englishman Abroad. Just talk us into it. It starts with a funeral, doesn't it? It starts with that jazz funeral, you know. Someone's funeral, Old Miss Do, is bouncing through the quarter. And Henry hurries to the bar down there on Decatur. Henry was an English actor. As he was always terribly drunk, terribly drunk. And, you know, preface everything with, dear boy. And he really liked me because I could understand what he was saying. And I had time for him because he was fascinating, you know. And he had been married to a woman called Miss Lily. She, he still was married to Miss Lily. Miss Lily had been a piano player for a, a lady called Miss Dixie, who opened the first gay bar in New Orleans in the late 1930s. And uh, it was a very famous place, you know. The local local people who couldn't be themselves because you weren't allowed to be gay, they would go there. Hollywood stars would go there. And it was a jazz club as well as a gay bar. And... Uh, very famous, very famous and very successful. And Miss Lily was very elderly. Henry was very elderly. Miss Dixie didn't seem like she was elderly at all, to be honest. And she had a beautiful house, not a shotgun house, but big old, big old mansion, a brick mansion with beautiful iron railings and stuff, you know. And Miss Lily lived at her house because... She would have been out. She would just been on the streets because Henry was a drunk and uh, no, you know, they had no health insurance. So Lily lived upstairs at Miss Dixie's. And uh, and I used to just kind of watch this whole thing go on. So and I just thought they were amazing people, all of them. I've got every single notebook, all the notebooks that I write in, basically from my life. And uh, I remember writing down someone's funeral. Old Miss Do is bouncing through the quarter. And probably eight years after that, maybe 10 years after that, I looked at it and I went, ah, got it. 
and started to write. But it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, probably about 2008 that I found out what happened to all those guys. So Miss Lily died. I mean, she was very, very ill. She died just after I left New Orleans, which was in the year 2000. Henry died three months after Lily died because that was, he was done then. You know, he was just waiting, really. As he literally said to me, I know she's going and then I shall be a lonely actor waiting for the curtain. That's actually a quote from Henry. I mean, he knew how to turn it, you know, he really did. But Miss Lily died in 2011 at the age of 101, still living in the quarter. So there you go. Hurricanes with hurricanes, 
Babe with sweaty bills, disco blares from double play. There's a shuffle, a second line beat, and Henry shambles home again down to Cadiz Street. I think Martin should get round to writing his autobiography sometime soon because he's got so many great stories about the places he's lived and worked. Great stuff. That's from his new album, Home Recordings. And if you go to our website, 3 com, you'll find a link through there to Martin's own site. And I'll ask Andy to put a link up to Topic Records as well so you can find out how to get that wonderful, wonderful album. Now, the Rheingun sisters have also been very busy during lockdown. They've produced an absolutely beautiful album. And it's got a lovely booklet which contains lots of notes, the stories behind the songs and the music. They are two of the most gifted people on the folk scene at the present moment. I'm going to play you a track from the new album called The Photograph. And I'm just going to read you a little bit of the, the notes to it. On a day between gigs in Northern Ireland, we decided to visit the Museum of Free Derry. We spent hours wandering round its rooms and chatting to the attendants, who told us, one of them, John, how his brother had been murdered on the 30th of January, 1972, Bloody Sunday. The photographs at the museum spoke to us clearly of the ongoing human cost of the Northern Ireland civil rights movement. And staring through the glass, we felt the weight of this and so many other struggles and the massive human sacrifices that have been made. The fight for justice after Bloody Sunday continues. The tune at the end of the song is an Irish mazurka that we learnt from Martin McGinley at the Glen Column Kill Fiddle Week in Donegal. Well, I hope you're listening, Martin, because it's a long time since we were sat playing tunes in Chat Biddies. But for you, this is the Rheingun Sisters with the photograph. Stand 
Taste of Mazurka there to finish that lovely song from the new album by the Rheingun Sisters. And like I said, it's got a beautiful hardback booklet with lots of notes and photographs, really beautifully produced, and there's 14 great tracks on the album. Now, I promised you another track from the new Merry Hell album, Emergency Lullabies, and here it is. Go Down Fighting. And they mean it. We've had better luck 
and better days now the clouds are back come what may my friends together shall we say if we fall we'll go down fighting bring in all your doubts all your fears bring the constellations of your years as our isolation disappears we might fall but we'll go down fighting they just get better and better and better if you've never seen them live i do hope that when all this nonsense is over and we're back to having proper concerts in proper places that you'll get a chance to go and see them because they are wonderful they're a great bunch of people anyway but i think their music their songs their songwriting is absolutely terrific they're way up there as far as i'm concerned with the greats merry hell their album Emergency lullabies, and that was Go Down Fighting. I'm going to give you a little bit of a respite from that punchy stuff and play you a track from Mike McGoldrick's new downloadable EP 
It's a collection of rare live recordings of the Mike McGoldrick Band from a fantastic show they did at Glasgow's Fruit Market at the Celtic Connections Festival in 2008. And 12 years on, it's been lovingly remastered. And it really is a cracking remix of some of the Mike McGoldrick Band's great tracks. There's Mike on flute, Desi Donnelly on fiddle, John Joe Kelly on Bowron, Ed Boyd on guitar, the usual suspects, Ewan Vernal on bass, an old pal of mine, we soloed together, or duoed together, I should say, many years back at the Folk Awards, <laughs> the BBC Folk Awards, when Mike McGoldrick, who was supposed to be on stage, was actually in the loo, having a Jimmy Riddle. Donald Shaw on keyboards, amazing, amazing musician. Pavinda Barat on tabla and Tommy Smith on saxophones. This is Waterman's, Mike's own composition in which he fuses Asian music, Irish music and so many other influences. It is a brilliant, brilliant piece of writing. Sit back and enjoy. This next one's a tune inspired by Eastern European music. It's a nice rhythm on this in the sevens. This is called Waterman's. Thank you. 
Thank you. All the Great stuff. Mike McGoldrick and the band at the Fruit Market Glasgow. And that's an EP that you can download from Mike's own website. 3 wsmikeartingfolkshowcom will get you a link through to the boys' technology system. Now, people with long memories stretching back maybe a couple of weeks will remember that, will remember that the previous programme contained a lot of Two songs to the same tune, which always fascinates me and hopefully interests you also. So I'm going to play another set of two songs to the same tune now, which just really fell out of left field a couple of days ago. I got a new single from Fiona Tyndall, the great Irish singer, which is called Suan or Slumber My Darling in English. She's translated the song into Irish. And as I was listening to it, I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful song. And then I heard resonances of another wonderful song, a traditional Scots ballad, a big ballad, a muckle song called Bonnie George Campbell, which has got that great refrain, Hame came his good horse, but never came he. Brilliant. And Steve Turner has got a great recording of that, so I'm going to play them for you now, back to back. Slumber My Darling from Fionn Tyndall, followed by Bonnie George Campbell from Steve Turner. Two songs with the same melody at their roots. True. 
beautiful melody there. Bonnie George Campbell, Steve Turner, great version of it. From the album Flash Company, a celebration of 25 years of Fellside Records, disc one. And before that you heard Fiona Tyndall with her new single Slumber My Darling, or Suan, S-U-A-N. And that's available from her website. Details as ever on our website, www.mikehardingfolkshow.com. Now, I'm going to play you one more track before I reprise the slow banger imagined village remix from the orchestra, Supermoth. And I'll tell you why this is a slightly shorter show, not much, but slightly shorter than normal after I've played you the track, because I have had to struggle with the slings and arrows of outrageous technological fortune all the way through this recording. It has been unbelievably stressful, but I'll tell you a little bit after this because I'm going to finish this section with a song from John McCutcheon's album Cabin Fever, Songs from the Quarantine. And it's called When All of This Is Over. When all of this is over we're given the all clear when we venture back in public and no longer have to fear as we look back on these past months and how it used to be i wonder if we'll jump back in quite so eagerly because we had time for reading for board games and for cards for getting in our gardens and for cleaning up our yards We tried outrageous recipes, even learned how to bake bread Called our loved ones on the phone, spent lots more time in bed Sure we binge-watched too much Netflix, blew entire days And we drove each other crazy in a hundred different ways And for supper we ate breakfast for breakfast had ice cream We learned how to be bored again Found time to dream So when all of this is over And from quarantine set free I suspect there'll be some changes From how things used to be We can each get by with less We can each want so much more Cause what matters truly matters all of this is on What matters truly matters When all of this is on When all of this is over John McCutcheon from his album Cabin Fever If you don't know that man's work, do check him out An amazing singer, songwriter, hammer dulcimer player He is Americana at its very, very, very best he is anti-Trump himself. He's the embodiment of all the things that really make America great, which is their liberal, open attitude towards people, their welcoming attitude, which I found all the way through the Appalachian Mountains when I was working and travelling over there many years back. He's a great bloke, great musician, and he's made some fabulous albums. Now, to explain a little bit about my technological nightmare, basically, I use a piece of software called... Pro Tools, which is made by Avid, A-V-I-D. It means I can edit the show together, put tracks in, take them out. You know, it usually works absolutely fine. But somewhere along the line, and any programmers listening to this, please take note. 
They've decided to remodel bits and pieces of it, and all that has done is produce crashes galore. So halfway through making this, just after the Martin Simpson interview had got slotted into the show, the whole thing went, as they say, this is an engineering term, the whole thing went tits up and vanished. So I spent a good part of three hours panicking, thinking the show had gone down the drainpipe. I had to go back and find previous editions of this edit and somehow salvage it. And I've managed it. So I'm going to sit here now and listen all the way through it as it mixes down to a solid chunk of audio, which I will then give to Spike, who will then stick it on the website. But it has been shall we say, a little bit strenuous. So thanks ever so much for listening and staying with it. I'm afraid some of it is a little bit gibbered, but there you go, a mind at the end of its tether. <laughs> I'll be all right by next month. This is the Orchestra Supermoth, and let me find the track listing here because it's got all their names. Where is it? That's it. Orchestra Supermoth, Tiger Moth, in other words, one of the best dance bands ever to come out of the English tradition. Maggie Holland on vocals, John Maxwell on drums, Rod Straddling on melodeon, Ian A. Anderson on slide guitar, Dembo Conte on chora and vocals, Ben Mendelssohn on electric guitar, Simon Emerson from the Imagine Village on alto spoons and sitan, Chris Coe on hammered dulcimer, Martin Brinsford on drums and lots more people. What a band they were. And from the album The World at Sixes and Sevens, this is Orchestra Supermoth with Slow Banger, brackets, Imagined Village Remix, brackets. Thanks again for listening. Mind how you go. And with some relief, I say, ta-ra.